Hey, what's good, family? This is AJ again. Um, so now we're in disc two. Again, this week's topics were kind of heavy, so we decided to break it into two episodes. So disc one was where we discussed the transgender reassignment surgery regret. And um, you're now getting into part two where we're going to begin to discuss um, the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, as well as the title of Christian. So again, both topics really heavy. So we decided to cut these into two different episodes. So now we're getting into disc two. Thanks again for rocking with us. Peace. Uh, so my people's one time. All right, all right, we're back, we're back, we're back. So, as you as you can imagine, ladies and gentlemen, you know the Imago Day is a is a very important thing, right? The Imago Day, very important. yeah. And so, yeah, image of God. It's a fancy way of saying image of God. Um, I just want to throw that out there because I wanted to prove to Eve I can use ten dollar words too. So <laughs> it's not fancy; it's just like. <laughs> Oh man, that's just that's just another side note. You know, people love to quote things in the Hebrew and the Latin. It's like that's just the language that was there at the time. It's not. It's not. You know, it's just, at the time that was the language that was used. So anyway, so we're gonna get. In, you know, we're gonna continue with our uh, thematic discussion here. We've been talking. You know, if you've been listening the the last three or four weeks, and I know you have been listening because you're listening to my voice now. Um. Is Western Christianity biblical? So we've been kind of just, you know, picking at different things to kind of talk through. Because as as you all know, we are people of faith. And it's very important that we, you know, Jude tells us to continue to examine ourselves to see if we be in the faith, right? So, you know, we're just kind of dissecting where we are. We are three people who exist in a Western context. And, you know, to continue to make sure we are walking in the ways of our heavenly father, we want to, you know, examine what we believe. So this is not to denigrate anyone who does these things. We are simply making an examination. All right. So what we want to talk about, you know, briefly this week is the name, the name Jesus. <laughs> it's something about the name Jesus. Oh, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm dropping that new choir album next week. It is the <laughs> sweetest name. Oh anyway, that was so wild to me, by the way, as, as somebody who did not grow up in church. I remember when I first became a believer and I would like go to different churches, like just that the whole choir thing. It was just kind of was like, I was like, what is going on here? Anyway, um. The name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, not the man, right? Not the second in, in, the, in the Godhead, not the son, capital S, to the capital father, but we're actually just talking about the literal name, J-E-S-U-S. Where'd it come from? Um, why do we use it? Um, why why don't we use the the name that he used? By the way, there's actually a bunch of names that we don't use because I was looking up some of the old um, names of the disciples, like Matthias and things like that, like you know Mark and John, and you know those aren't their names either. But anyway, we're talking about yeah. Jesus right now. Where did it come from? If if you know a little bit of history, just to give you a little bit of a backdrop, so we'll we'll put a marker in the sand at 1611, the year 1611 is when the first King James Bible was written. Um, 
wanted to break free of uh, the Roman Catholic Church because he wanted a divorce and they would not grant him a divorce. So he started the Church of England. Is it Anglican? Episcopalian? Shoot, I can't remember. No, the, the, Church of, the Church of England is the Anglican Church. Okay, Anglican, thank you. Angles. Couldn't couldn't think of the name, Anglican. So with, with the new iteration of the church comes a new translation of the Bible. But in that Bible, the name Jesus in the in the year 1611, by the way, so just to put it in context, this is post-Columbus, right? Columbus sailed in 1492, right? So this is post-Columbus. Um, that Bible does not have the name J-E-S-U-S in it. If you can imagine, that name does not exist in that in that iteration of the King James Bible. It is spelled I-E-S-U-S, or some say I-E-S-O-U-S. But regardless, the the letter J was not there because J was not in the English language until later on that century. It was later on that century, the 17th century, um, that the letter J was even a part of a, B, C, easy as no J here. I'm, I'm, I'm all about singing today, y'all. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, the 17th century, later on in the 17th century is when the letter J was instituted in, into the English language. So the, the alphabet didn't have the, the, the letter J, the English alphabet. So we're, we're, we're talking less than 500 years. Yeah, I just need to make a distinction, though. I know that King Henry VIII actually sparked off the Anglican Church because... Uh, he disagreed with, or the Pope didn't permit him to get a divorce. King James's Bible in 1611, um, though it wasn't the first English Bible, um, it probably was the most influential. King so, Henry VIII, um, right? Yeah, it was Henry VIII who who uh, established Anglican Church because he couldn't get his way with 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 the Vatican. Um, but I'm saying all this to say, regardless, even though it wasn't King James, um, he it's still really significant to know that his 1611 Bible. Uh, has Jesus's name uh, starting with the letter I, but the way that the I and the J were pronounced were the same. It's just that, you know, you didn't get that loop until a little while later. But anyway, but yeah, no, when it comes to uh, that I versus the J, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I do want to know the connection between whether Christianity, Western Christianity is biblical and, and the pronunciation of the name of, of the New Testament Christ. You know, is that really something that is, um, that answers the question about whether Western Christianity is biblical? Well, you know, one of the things that I, I think is interesting um, about this topic is for people who are so adamant about um, biblical accuracy and always wanting to, you know, prop up the inherency of Scripture and et cetera, et cetera, which I'm all for that. I'm not I'm not here to denigrate the Bible, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What, but what I am saying is for, you know, people who, who beat their chest um, about stuff like that would then let something like the name of our Messiah um, be something that we just kind of casually say, eh, it's fine. Because, you know, one of the pushbacks is people will say, well, I still worship, you know, I, it doesn't change who I worship. It doesn't change who I follow. But, but you know, I. I would just say, and listen, I may still use the name Jesus after today's episode. I don't know. You know what I mean? So we're not here to say that we're going to change on a dime today. But what we are saying is that we're just examining some of these things. We're, we're taking a look at why we do what we do. 
And I think yeah. as, as people who are growing and maturing, we have to do that from from time to time. Well, I think that we we get on a little bit shaky ground when we start talking about translation and transliteration, um, because um, Western Christianity from a language perspective, no, is not biblical. And that's because we are an English speaking people or or European uh, language speaking people. And the language of the Bible was Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. And I don't know what percentage of people who claim to be Christians can actually speak any of those languages right now. I'm learning the alphabet. I'm in the process of actually learning some Hebrew, but I'm in Christianity for 25 years before it even occurring to me that I want to know what the original language says. And when I read it and, and just being someone who's at the very beginning stages, learning the alphabet or the Hebrew alphabet and learning the vowels that go with it and getting extremely excited when I can actually, I can actually read words it takes a while because it's basically like me being in the first grade and you know sounding letters out but when i actually read it sometimes i can identify when i see israel i'm like oh my goodness that says israel you know but then there are other words that pop up like and it takes me a while to say oh that means good morning you know what i mean it's like i don't know what it means but i know how to pronounce it so i'm saying all that to say when it comes to whether we are um uh, really practicing um uh, whether we're being biblical about it. I don't know how biblical we can truly be if most of us, including pastors, don't even know the original language of the text. Uh oh, you did not just badmouth somebody's pastor. Pastor. So, you know, I, I think that's I think that's that's a, a question that some people might push to the side and say, oh, it doesn't matter. Language doesn't matter. Translation and transliteration doesn't matter. But then it also forces you to say to yourself, Actually, if I don't know the, the language of, of the text that I actually built my whole life around, do I really, what I'm really doing is I'm depending on various translators who disagree with each other to tell me um, how I should be living this life, to connect me with the God who made me. And that, I think there's, that's an illuminating thought to me. My point is saying, um, when we ask whether, when we look at the name of Jesus and we look at the way that it was written and the way we pronounce it now, we align that with the question of whether Western Christianity is biblical. Um, do you see what I'm saying? Avery? Yeah, I do. I do. When we, when we align language and translation and transliteration with whether what we're practicing on the modern level is biblical. What's the difference that, between that's on, you know, ground that I don't know if we want to go on because you... we start saying to ourselves, well, First of all, is language all that important? Um, is the way that we pronounce certain words all that important? Does it mess with my salvation? But right. on the other hand, we have to say to ourselves, uh, yes, language is important. If we can't even speak the, the, the original language of these texts that are helping us to know how to relate to our God, and we are fully dependent on translators who themselves don't agree with each other, then we should, I think it's something worth examining more fully. So, um, yeah, I have a response to that. And um, my response is, is that ultimately, uh, that, like, we, we have a responsibility. Uh, we, have a, we have a responsibility to believe and not believe and be able to communicate with our Heavenly Father, regardless of language, regardless of time. Yeah. And, and um, the, the ability to read is a, is a, is a um, 
a modern uh, uh, literacy. And um, it, it's not something that existed uh, in time immemorial to the to the um, to the level of popularity uh, that the skill is, or to the level of commonality that the skill is available or practice now. And so, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to have the ability to have a true, authentic faith and understanding of who our heavenly Father is. And so, our heavenly Father communicates to us and confirms things. And the scripture um, or the Bible um, helps to be able to better understand that, but it doesn't necessarily replace that. And so um, it is a lot of, it is unfortunately, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of confusion that exists, but a lot of it is almost um, hidden. And you have, once you start peeling back the layers, you see that it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily just by this Bible, just the translations or anything like that. It's a lot of things that we're told um, in our lives that are just not true and are just hoaxes. Um, and it is important or incumbent upon us to do our research and we'll see that um, uh, it's, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily the Bible. Um, there are aspects and areas of the Bible in which that have been changed. But um, if we care enough, we have responsibility to go and research those things. Um, but ultimately, 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 our faith, again, is going to be, it, it's going to be our Heavenly Father that decides um, who stays and who goes, so to speak. And it's, it's, it's just, we have, to, we have to be able to know to communicate with him, to speak with him, uh, and be guided by him. Um, regardless to regardless of regardless of the specific head knowledge that we have, that's uh, good. I hope that makes sense. No, it it it, it does, and, and that's where I was going as well. Because you know, one of the things that, that I like to repeat is the the fact that our faith, you know, pr- predates any human construct. Language being one of them, right? And so I understand people's pushback. I'm I'm not saying that that I don't understand their pushback because you know to to ease point is all right if we change his name to jesus or not to jesus does that impact my salvation of course not it does not because your faith predates the human construct of language you know one of the questions i like to ask people who get so caught up in the head knowledge part a is was adam speaking hebrew when he walked with the father in the cool of the day in the garden probably not you see what i'm saying um so that's why we, 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 we don't get too hung up on language, though it's good to know the meanings of things, right? Where you can, like, for an example, you could dissect the word love and you could say agape, eros, phileo, and you understand the different components. Okay, that's good to cut up a word like that to sort of know its full meaning. Um, but head knowledge can end up becoming a, a stumbling block. But to to really get back to, to this point, because it's good to understand why things were changed. I don't think we, we need to get hung up on the fact that they were, yeah. but I think it's good to understand the why. So I, I looked up this scholarly um, research by a gentleman of the name of Matthew Phillips. He was doing research for his uh, book he wrote called The Name of God. And he talks about the introduction of the word Jesus in an English legal brief from the court of the High Commission in London in 1632. So you start okay. to see this name 
uh, you know, start to come into the vernacular of, of people in the 17th century in England. Um, it worked its way right after the time that King James published uh, the 1611 Bible. Correct. And just to, to make sure that, that I, I do have clarity, King Henry VIII was succeeded by Elizabeth I and Mary I and then James I. So yes, okay. even the historian got me got me on my P's and Q's. And, and isn't that interesting that you have also around that time, you have um, Virginia, you have Maryland, you have Jamestown. Mm, that's mm, right. Nice. Yep. Just don't stop there. So in, in 1632, this legal brief um, was introduced um, in a that, that court of high commission. Um, and the, the phrase that was used in that document was Jesus Salter. P-S-A-L-T-E-R, Salter. Um, and it was, it had to do with a couple of countries in Europe working with the United States um, to open the doors of Harvard College and some other different things. Um, but that's where you see the, the name first introduced. So the, the um, and he calls it a very interesting he calls um, the, the name Jesus a very interesting term. He says that it was a modern Gentile construct. Um, the name Jesus, um, which at the time he was doing that research was only 385 years, but now it's closer to 500. Um, and he says that the English name was created after over 1600 years of filtration through four previous languages. So you got Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and Latin, which all did not have the name Jesus. And now we have English after, you know, over a millennia and a half, um, completely, you know, overtaking that, you know, overtaking that that name. And he, he gives four four human causes um, for that reason. He, he calls the, the first one um, nonfiction revisionism. Um, he says that the name Jesus was not given 2000 years ago, you know, when when Christ walked the earth, um, it, it was, you know, we're we're essentially revising history when we go back and, and overlay um, when Gentiles go back and overlay the the name J.E.S.U.S. Um, the second one is a term called Sapir Wharf. Um, I'd never heard of that before. S.A.P.I.R.W.H.O.R.F. And this is the strength of the English language. And it says that the English language had a a natural fit with Western philosophical thought, whereas Hebrew had a natural fit with Eastern philosophical thought. So essentially, the English language at the time was so strong that everybody else adopted, you know, whatever was going on in English. It's kind of like in the 21st century, whatever America does, everybody else does. Um, the, the third one was anti-Semitism, and he even references Martin Luther and John Calvin, who were both anti-Semitic, very anti-Semitic people. Um, and the last one is syncretism, um, the adopting of Gentile tribalism, um, and it and how that overtook the original, the original intent. So again, those are real academic terms, but again, it's just showing that there was a systematic thing where the name Jesus replaced previous names. This is why I love history, because ultimately when we are born, we are born uh, during the middle of a chapter of a very long book. And we don't have any context 
people came into. I could imagine somebody being in church today, um, having listened to this podcast episode yesterday, saying to themselves, you know, I don't care about all that. Just give me Jesus. But what you just said, you know, in part demonstrated, first of all, we were born, some of us in the 21st, some of us in the 20th century, uh, which is, of course, extremely late in history. Even 150 years ago, there were more books to the Bible than the 66 that we uh, read. And then, you, and then when you start rolling back time, find different languages, different translations, different interpretations. Things are basically the type of Christianity that we're practicing now. If we went back a thousand years or even 500, um, we, would be, we would say to ourselves, what is this? So it's just it's not a matter of, of shipwrecking anybody's faith as you uh, seem to be alluding to or saying that there is no uh, Jesus, no Christ figure, um, especially because of, of the way that the, the name is pronounced and the fact that nobody fixes their mouth to say Jesus during the time that this man walked the earth, put ourselves in context and see if what we're doing now even resembles what happened in the scripture. And so I just wanted to mention one other thing. I think it's worth it since there's so much prophecy or so much reference to prophecy in the Old Testament uh, that's in the New Testament to justify that Jesus actually is the coming Savior that was talked about or that was prophesied of in the Old Testament, it's really worth it to look back in the Old Testament to say, you know, in the original language of Hebrew, was somebody named Jesus or somebody with or named uh, uh, Yeshua or whatever the Hebrew um, original version of that name is, were, were they even referenced by name? So that when we backtrack, then we can even see if regardless of man's name, we can see whether this person is legitimized in the original uh, text. Boom. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we want to encourage you to just do a little bit of research, that's all, and to, to look up a name. I, I would hate, you know, 100,000 years from now, they pull up my name and they say, that man's name was Jimbo. <laughs> Jim Bob. Jim Bob. So, you know, the, the other thing that we just want to look at as things get kind of washed um, as far as history goes is mm-hmm. was was the Messiah a Christian? That's a really wild thing to ask, right? It's a really wild thing to ask when you think, well, of course he was, right? He's the Messiah. He's the He is the starter of this thing, right? He is the... The, the protogenitor of, of, of this thing. How could he not be? But listen to what, what, to listen to what we're asking um, because the, the two terms that you see in, in the New Testament that describe people who follow Christ were followers of the way. You see that in the early part of Acts. And then you see in Antioch, they were first called Christians, Christians. And... Both of those terms uh, exist after the ascension of Christ, right? Both of those things happen after Christ had ascended. Um, and so just one of the things, and I, listen, I know you guys have listened to this broadcast. You know, again, we, we, we're we going on two, year, two years, which is super exciting, by the way. We're coming, oh, up, on, coming up on two-year anniversary. But... You've you've heard a you know say it many times. I don't consider myself a Christian, right? What and I know many of you have probably ruffled some of your feathers, right? But so we're asking this question now about the Almighty Messiah. Was he a Christian? 
yeah, whether he was wanted- or not, I don't think it d- detracts from, you know, his authority. But it's, yeah, you know, to, to dissect that term. So I just wanted to uh, to quickly say that, I, you know, just so that people won't tune it out, because the, the problem is that, that this question has been co-opted by a lot of different groups of people with various motives. <laughs> so every Christian or every person who believes uh, in Torah, Tanakh, scripture, whatever you call it, um, has experienced somebody walking up to them <laughs> saying, ha ha, so was Jesus even a Christian? And expecting you to fall away from your faith and, you know, I don't know, end up in who knows where, the North Pole, I don't know. But the reason that we're asking this isn't for that purpose, isn't to shipwreck people's faith, but just because this is a podcast you're listening so that you can raise your level of awareness and consciousness. And we're a part of that. We're helping to facilitate that process in our own lives as well as in the listeners' lives. And so when it comes to whether he was actually a Christian, I think this is a legitimate question because people have built their entire lives on somebody named Jesus or on a New Testament Christ. So the question is, was he even following the same faith we follow? The, the, the term Christian, and, and I believe we talked about this previously, um, was used as a derogatory term, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and literal translation is anointed Ian. Say that one more time, the anointed Ian's? Yeah, yeah, to um, the interlinear Greek Bible, it's anointed Ian. So it, it would have been a person who follows the anointed one? According, yeah, according to what I just read. Mm-hmm. So again, why why are we saying this? Because to, to Eve's point, in the 21st century Western context, the term Christian has actually been co-opted. It's been co-opted by right-wing political groups and different political factions. Like the the term has been co-opted. So, you know, rather than continuing to to fight for the term, right, we look up its original definition and then say, hey, is it even worth continuing to rock with the term? Mm. Right? I can still be a follower of the Messiah, right? I'm not handing in my salvation card, right? I'm, I'm not turning in my membership. But what I am acknowledging is that the term Christian has been co-opted by a lot of other people with other motives, right? Whose motives do not align with the kingdom of God. And it's clear by their behavior. So what what do we do with that, you know? Which is why it's so important to kind of go back and look at the origin of of these terms. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mic drop. Well, I'll just go ahead and, and get started then. When it comes to I was giving I was trying to give y'all a chance because I've been running my mouth. But um, but in terms of whether Jesus is a Christian or was a Christian, um, I would just I would say no. I don't think that that would even come to his mind. Um, was Marcus Garvey a, a, a Garveyite? I, I don't. I mean, he believed in the, you know, his own movement, but I don't know if we can even say that anybody would follow, was a follower of their, this just seems strange, especially since Christianity took off a lot uh, more after Christ left this earth ever was when he had 120 followers at the most. I think that Christ would consider himself an Israelite. And I think that he would consider himself an Israelite either from the tribe of Judah or the tribe of, Eli, uh, of Levi. From Judah, because I think his non 
biological father Joseph was was from Judah or from Yehuda, I guess is what they would say it in that in that language. Um, but he wasn't the biological father. But on the other hand, know that um, when it comes to uh, genetics, you know, or when it comes to the way that families are organized, it was a patrilineal society. So Jesus might have considered himself a from the tribe of Judah. If we're talking about biological stock, uh, Mary, I believe, was from the tribe of Levi. Only reason I conclude that is because her cousin Elizabeth was married to a Levitical priest, and I thought that people married within their tribe. So on the biological side, Jesus was from the line of, of Levi, um, you know, and, and we, we definitely invite our listeners to correct me on that. Um, on Joseph's side, I think it was the tribe of Judah, but I know that back during those days, people will identify themselves as Israelites from a particular tribe. That's the way they would identify. So I don't think that he would say, yes, I'm Jesus and I, or I am uh, uh, Yeshua and I am a Christian, just to answer that question. But um, the way that he behaved, the way that he lived his life seemed to be, or the way that we live our lives seemed to be a departure from the way he lived his. As an Israelite, um, he observed the, the statutes, laws, and commandments of God. You know, so on the seventh day he rested and he was found in the synagogue over and over on that day. And um, he, he had a certain way that he ate. You never hear of him eating, you know, uh, animals that were uh, split hoof. He wasn't eating the split yeah. hoof. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and then when it came to, you know, the woman who was caught up in adultery, you know, Jesus observed the law of God, among other things, he was looking for the man, because, of course, we know Deuteronomy says both the man and the woman are the woman is is uh, or are should be accused and receive the consequences of adultery, not just the woman, etc. There are countless uh, um, there Jesus following the law, statutes and commandments of God. So I don't see him worshiping on Sunday like we do. Um, you know, I don't see him um, have responding to the crosses and all of the iconography like we do, you know, like the things that are Christian. Um, I don't think he did. Mm. And he wouldn't be at CPAC either. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and, and, and to be specific about this whole anointed in uh, thing, Christ means anointed. So um, Jesus, the Christ will Jesus be anointed. And so anointed Dean would be like, uh, anointed i guess you could say it like anointed one or um anointed uh, uh followers of the anointed one or whatever but just to be clear like if you want to go with a literal translation you could say that christian means anointed uh uh anointed in if, if you follow what i'm saying so, no, I, I think I think that's it's it's a definite yeah. <clears throat> definition. It's a very clear definition. Yeah, but it but 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 it is it is it's 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 bastardized, right? Because we know that when you say Christian, it means everything but <laughs> <laughs> but someone who follows yeah. an anointed one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You mean the way it's expressed? It means that, but the way that people intend Absolutely. what people intend is that we actually follow Christ. But like you said, the question is, are we actually following Christ? Yeah, I mean, and I, and, and I, I, would, I, would, I would say that no, actually the term Christian doesn't mean that the intention is to follow Christ. Um, I would say that that is the illusion. Um, that term is purposely used 
as a as a as a hook and by by uh, manipulators to get. I mean, we I mean we're pretty much talking about how the Bible's changed this, Bible's changed that. People use that term to this day when it comes to our American churches, when it comes to the Pope, when it comes to our leaders. They they specifically use that term to usher in their modus operandi, not the modus operandi of our heavenly Father. You know, so that's that that anyway. So, what are your thoughts on that, AJ? Why do we? Why do people say that they're Christians, but then they don't follow Christ's lifestyle? For example, Matthew five specifically says that he came to fulfill the law, which means he came to you know to fulfill to do to do what the law says in its fullness, not to destroy it. And um, you know, for those of us who basically destroyed God's law in our lives or never started following it in the first place, and for those of us who live in ways other than the way that Christ lived, not um, the way that he treated people (laughs) uh, and the compassion that he had. I would say that, you know, just as we even come around third base on on this topic, I would say this. Um, You you summed it up when you said that how would how would Christ have or Yeshua, how would he have identified himself? Probably as a Hebrew or an Israelite or a Nazarite or something like that. Right. Um, I think that one of the detrimental, you know, results of us separating religious activity from our culture has done is it's made it easy to do things like what you just asked. You know, when people can categorize themselves as a quote unquote Christian, but it not actually impact their culture so they can have religious activities that they do right in a vacuum but their greater cultural experience has no residue of that faith because the two have now been separated i think the so if we were to truly say all right i am a christian like and it is like a cultural way of living thing right as opposed to just something i practice on saturday if i'm seven day adventist or sunday whether I'm a normal Protestant or Catholic or whatever, those are just re- you know religious behavior. Those are just religious activities. But your because your culture's not changed because your culture hasn't been impacted. You just go on doing what you're doing all the other days. Um, so that's that's how I would answer that question. That the the two would have to come back together. The the two would have to come back together because so like when people say America is a Christian nation, just give you this as as a closing example. I would say, yeah, America is a Christian nation if you use the modern iteration of the word Christian because the modern iteration of the word Christian means I have separated religious activity from my cultural experience. And so because the two are separate, yes, the majority of Americans have a lot of religious activity that they do that does not impact their culture. So yeah, using that definition, oh yeah, America's a Christian nation. Using the... Um, or the origin of the word? Of course not. I mean, and we all know that. My, I was exaggerating that, that that to to make the the greater point that the Lord would have acknowledged that He is a Nazarite or an Israelite or a Hebrew, and that inherently, culturally, that inherently included his religious practices, right? So whether that was observing the law, observing the Sabbath, tithing, any you know, all of the above, everything that's included in that would have would have all been tied up into who he was culturally as opposed to this separate thing that we have turned it into 
We've turned it into this separate right. thing that I do off in the in the corner on a particular yeah. day and time and place. That's correct. Um, also, I wanted to uh, point out there's a scripture. I'm trying to pull up a version of this. I want to. I'll read the King James here. It says, uh, for every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns, men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. And so a tree is not known by his name, it's known by his fruit. Okay. And, That's good. And and I, want, I, want, I just want to be clear on this. This goes back to what we were talking about when we get caught up on names and caught up on words. What we need to be paying attention to is behavior. That's um, good. We need to be paying attention to behavior. And um, that is how we're going to be able to, the fruit, uh, the behavior of what is exhibited by whatever specific entity that we're examining to include ourselves is going to determine uh, what kind of tree or where we're from, where we are or, or we're from or whose we are. And um, so... So I, I just wanted to I just wanted to point, point point that out as well. So you know we can get caught up on the name, what we say, what we don't say. I just want to be clear about that. Definitely. So, ladies and gentlemen, we we do thank you all for listening. Um, again, these things. Hey, listen, this is the more heavy, weightier side, and 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 we get it. Um, but it's just cool to really examine why you believe what you believe. Like it's it's cool to dissect these things. I think that it gives you a better understanding. So yeah. again, you can support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dive media one D-I-V-E-M-E-D-I-A and the number one. Um, are you talking are you saying that just five dollars a month or something like ridiculous like that, you know, less than a penny a day sort of thing? Would <laughs> Go actually- ahead. <laughs> you can ahead, feed please. you can feed three what children on the east coast of the United get, States get doing Sally, podcasts. Get your Sally, Sally Struthers on. Yeah. For less than a cup of coffee a day, you can feed three starving podcasters on the east coast. <laughs> anyway, but please jump on Patreon and support us, but we do thank you all for rocking with us again. No matter what we're talking about, whether it's sexual reassignment surgery or historical names of deities, you know we're going to keep God in the mix. So for even A, this is AJ saying peace. 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 Let's get started, I won't teach you Let me set apart who is my people The ones who set in their heart to be believers Press on to the mark to follow Jesus When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving Don't follow their feelings, that'll be misleading they the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity we chose cause folks is hypocritical Religious midwit, man that is how they picture you Wishing you would go the way of the extinction.